You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Tuesday, March the 15th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. Getting out a little bit later today because of a late night and some early morning classes, but nevertheless, thanks for tuning in today, making Locked On Cardinals a part of your podcast listening day. Still no move. You know, the, uh, the reports have been pretty steady. Um, nothing real new to report in terms of the Cardinals offseason moves. We could see a move today, could not. It you know, sounds obvious to state, but we did see some moves within the division. One that could have improved your team, could um, you know, could see some positive outcomes, and others that really show me that this division, at minimum, is up for the taking. And at most, you could say it's, it's even the Cardinals to lose. So we'll talk about that today. We're also going to talk about the pitching and, like I said, a little bit more of the DH spots today. So whatever you're, you're listening or watching, thanks for tuning in today. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball, which is right there if you're watching on YouTube. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. So the Reds made a move yesterday. Traded away not only Jesse Winker, but also... Eugenio Suarez. They got a decent package in return. You know, listen to Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds to get his reaction to it, or Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects to get his take on the prospects. He's got a lot of prospects to talk about these last couple of days. But but the point stands that the Reds got a whole lot worse yesterday. No matter what you want to talk about their prospects, who they got back, Reds got a lot worse. And not only that, these two players in, in particular have killed the Cardinals. One main one. Jeff Jones tweeting out, Jeffrey, Jesse Winker is a career 351, 423, 600 hitter against the Cardinals. That's his slash line. Eugenio Suarez, 252, 322, 480. That is pretty impressive. And that's impressive that they got out of the division. <laughs> Two Cardinal killers. At minimum, one Cardinal killer out of the division. The Cardinals don't have to worry about. The Reds traded Sonny Gray as well over the weekend. I would be willing to bet that Luis Castillo is next. Joey Votto is probably going to be the only name that we recognize on there. They also lost Wade Miley. They also lost Tucker Barnhart in a trade with the Detroit Tigers. Wade Miley now pitching with the Chicago Cubs. So whenever I was doing those division rankings, the Reds were either three or four in most of the categories. Well, now there are four or five because their offense got a lot worse and their pitching staff, even though they've kept Luis Castillo so far, has also gotten a lot worse. So it begs the question, is this the Cardinals' division to lose? As it stands right now, I would still argue they're the favorites, even with the Milwaukee Brewers edition of Andrew McCutcheon. And by the way, side note, it's going to be so weird to see him in a Milwaukee Brewer uniform. It was weird enough seeing him in a Giants and Phillies uniforms, let alone another uniform within the National League Central. I still picture him as a pirate. So that adds a little bit of an outfield bat to the Brewers lineup, depending on, you know, if he's able to rejuvenalize his his career a little bit, find a little youth in Milwaukee. But even with that move, this Cardinal team was an exciting one. 
And I would argue that this is the Cardinals division to lose, or at bare minimum, the door is wide open. Now, all of that said is still true. And this is assuming the Cubs don't make any moves because they've been linked to a couple different guys, a couple minimal reports of a Freeman addition going over there. A lot of reports of them being highly in on Carlos Correa, even though they got Andrelton Simmons last week. So if they get Correa, that changes things, obviously, right? Um, but nevertheless, as it stands right now, the, the, the Cardinals are the favorite in this division, in my opinion. And... I'm not going to say it's going to be easier or be a cakewalk, cakewalk or anything of that nature, but I do think that with the moves that the Reds have made, this should only encourage the Cardinals to be more aggressive. Period. Because you've got the Reds that are selling. You know, you could argue they're tanking for sure. You got the Pirates that aren't doing anything. They they still might sell their best player, Brian Reynolds or one of their best player uh, in in Brian Reynolds. But nevertheless, um, you've got the, excuse me, you've got the Reds that are selling, the Pirates that are tanking. They're not doing, they're not going to win very many games. you got the Cubs that are a borderline team that might be a thorn in the side. You've got the Brewers that are awfully good. They've got the best rotation, in my opinion, in the division, arguably in all of baseball. You could put them up there with the Mets, with DeGrom, Scherzer, and the rest of the crew out there in New York. But offensively speaking, I think the Cardinals match the Brewers, if not better than Milwaukee, even with the addition of Andrew McCutcheon to the Brewers. So that's why I say that the Reds doing the sale, the, the you know, you got the fire sale in Oakland that has begun as Oakland traded uh, Chris Bassett, and um, they traded Matt Olson to the Braves yesterday, and an extension was signed as well by Matt Olson. And you've got the fire sale going on in Cincinnati as well. Trades I've already mentioned. So you've got the, the Reds that are selling. They're not going to compete. With all the selling going on, the Cardinals should be aggressive right now. Do they go? I'm not saying that I'm not even going to pick which route they want to go. If they want to be aggressive and go get another reliever, if they want to be aggressive and go get a Kyle Schwarber, a Trevor Story, and Albert Pujols, great. But, but go be aggressive. Because the central division just got a whole lot worse. And it's probably going to get worse by the time spring training starts and really might get worse by the time baseball starts for, for real on opening day on April 7th. Because I, be, I, I would be pretty certain that Luis Castillo is gone. I really would be. So be aggressive. Go take it. Oliver Marmol has been very open with the, with the fact that, that his, his goal is a World Series championship. He's, he's, he's open about that. John Mozeliak was, was trying to tamper expectations, trying to say, hey, we're just trying to compete, be in October. I get it. But even if you're trying to compete and be in October, there are some holes on this team to fill. And this division is open. I know the Brewers and the Cubs are saying the same thing right now. And I know that, that Vinny of Locked On Brewers and Andrew of Locked On Cubs are saying the same thing right now, to go make a move. I think Andrew did an episode on it yesterday, too. This division is open. Why not go out there and take it? Yes, you could You could be comfortable right now, especially with the 12-team playoff. You could probably sit comfortable with this Cardinal team, and even if, if they don't win the division, you could be very comfortable with the fact that you have a, six spots within your re- league to make the playoffs. To make, this team making the playoffs is not a success. 
That, that's, that's the minimum expectation in my, in my opinion. You know, that, that, that's just me. So go out there and be aggressive. Put yourself in the conversation with the Dodgers. Put yourself in the conversation with the Braves, with the Mets. Put yourself in that conversation with the Giants even. Be aggressive. This division is open. You know, I'm not saying that the Reds were going to win the division before these moves were made, but they were going to make it difficult to, to beat. They're, they're, they were going to be a difficult team to beat within this division. Especially when the Cardinals standpoint, when you have two Cardinal killers, especially Jesse Winker. <laughs> he murdered the Cardinals. He had that three-homer day at Bush Stadium last year as well. So it's really, really imperative. For, in my opinion, that the Cardinals are aggressive and go out and get somebody. They signed Zach McAllister to a deal. He could be some bullpen help, maybe. But but I, I'm saying go get a Tapera. Go get a Chafin. Go get a Story. Go get a Schwarber. Go get a Pujols. Somebody. We'll talk about a couple of those names a little bit later on. But because this division is so wide open, why not be aggressive? If 2022 is your window to win, and if, if, it's, if they think it's their year, Prove it. Go out there and do it, or at least make an effort, because I understand things don't always work out. I think the Rockies are trying to sign Chris Bryant. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for him. And I don't really see the desire to go to Colorado, but that's just me. Paul Holden, Lockdown Rockies, probably say differently. But be aggressive. I'm gonna, I'm, I know I've said that a lot. I'll say it one more time. Be aggressive. Go out there. Make a move. Put yourself in the conversation with the World Series favorites. I talked about it yesterday, too. Any move from here on out needs to be a separating-type move. Needs to be a move that, whoa, Cardinals mean business. So far, they've made depth moves, which aren't a bad thing. They're not a bad thing at all. Time to take that next step. That's my thoughts. Let me know if you think the division is as winnable as I think it is. Drop a comment in the YouTube section or YouTube comment section. DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. DM the show on Twitter, Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Let me know. If you, if you think I'm crazy and think, well, the Brewers have this locked up or, hey, the, the Cubs are better than you think you they are, that's probably the only two uh, answers that I would take and have a conversation. But let me know what you think. Okay, we're going to talk about some of that pitching depth, some reports on Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes have come out recently. So we'll talk about that coming up here. In just a moment. But first, I've already talked about betting a little bit. And if I were a betting man, I would say that the Reds are not going to win the division. But if you want to be a betting man or a betting woman for the college basketball tournament, you can go to betonline.net for all the latest odds, contests, player props. Betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to that website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Jordan Hicks and Alex Reyes were once prospects for the St. Louis Cardinals. If you want to hear more about prospects, head over to Locked On MLB Prospects with host Lindsey Crosby going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Free and available wherever you want to find it. Any podcasting platform as well as on YouTube. Mention Jordan Hicks, mention Alex Reyes. 
two guys that want to be stretched out, but according to John Denton a little bit earlier on this afternoon, he said, quote, hashtag STL cards right-handed pitcher Jordan Hicks revealed he had a second minor tear in the ligament of his pitching elbow last year, but the injury healed quickly. He said he hit 100 miles an hour a couple times in the Arizona Fall League. He thinks his optimal pitch effort might be 96 to 98 miles per hour. That, that's great. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to hit 101, 102, 103 consistently um, day in and day out like he used to be. Not saying that he's old, but I'm just saying that we've we've seen that not being able to, to hold up, right? Uh, John Denton of MLB.com also reporting that Alex Reyes went an MRI today and is still waiting for the report about his right shoulder. He said the pain has lingered from last season. Uh, Katie Wu reporting that it was because he says that he was overwhelmed. She asked him if he was felt that he was or not overwhelmed, excuse me, overused. Asked if he felt that he was overused last season. He said for sure. And again, some of that was you could argue was the product of Mike Schilt and how he uses bullpen. Some of that you could argue, I would argue that you had to go to those three guys at that point in time because you didn't have anybody else you could trust from that bullpen early on or midway through the season, and your starters weren't getting it done either. So it, it's very unfortunate that Reyes is feeling that way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say, yeah, whatever, he's fine. No, but there's only so much you can blame for uh, the, the the overuse part of part of that is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the, the, those two guys that have expressed interest, Jack or not Jack Flaherty, excuse me, Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks have both expressed interest in how they want to be stretched out as a starter. John Mozeliak was saying that... Um, uh, that, that might be a little difficult to do uh, with the shortened spring training and things of that nature. Uh, I, I would love to still see them in the bullpen. Jordan Hicks, especially, especially, I think I just said especially back to back times. Anyways, because he is going to be able to hit 90, if he's able to hit 96, 98 miles an hour consistently, like if he's able to just sit there, stay healthy, pop that thing in there with some sink, drop off that slider when he needs to. I think that's great. I think that would be a, a needed commodity in that bullpen. Because let's look at you know when, when you look at when you look at the bullpen, you got you got some guys that can pitch. Don't get me wrong. TJ McFarland turned out well last year. Giovanni Gallegos is solid. Hendricks Cabrera, even Ryan Helsley, but only a handful of those guys are flamethrowers like Jordan Hicks. And yeah, flamethrowers come, you know. Diamond, you know, they're all over the place these days. But I think having somebody like that in your bullpen that can just come in, get 98 with some sink, drop off a slider when he needs to, I think that would be much needed in the bullpen. If he wants to be stretched out as a starter, that would provide depth for the rotation. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I just think those two guys would be better fit, or at minimum, I think that Jordan Hicks would be better fit in the bullpen. I could see an argument for Alex Reyes in the rotation. This is all assuming he's healthy. And Alex Reyes was one of those guys that it's unfortunate to see him unhealthy again. Because when, when, when he is right, he is must-watch television. Whether he's a starter or coming out of the bullpen, closing games, seventh inning, stretch man, whatever it is, he's must-watch television. Remember his debut against the Reds a couple, like more than a couple years ago at this point. Throwing a hundred, dropping off a wicked curveball. Remember his last start of that two thousand and I want to say sixteen or seventeen season. I'll look it up right now. Where he pitched just uh, that phenomenal game against the San Francisco Giants a- as a starter, and we were really you know <laughs> excited for for him to come in and see what, what he could do as a St. Louis Cardinal. But ever since then, it's it's just been injury after injury. It was twenty sixteen. 
people forget it. In 2016, just five games, I get it, uh, three of those, or 12 games, five starts, excuse me, 46 overall innings. He was 4-1 and one with a 1-5-7. Struck out 52 batters in 56 innings, 46 innings. He was really good. He was one of the highly touted prospects of the St. Louis Cardinals system. And it's unfortunate to see him hurt so much because he could really be a difference maker in rotation or in the bullpen. Because he had the short 2016 when he got called up late. Didn't pitch in 2017 due to injury. Pitched four innings in 2018 due to injury. Pitched three innings at the major league level in 2019 due to injury. 19 and two-thirds of solid innings in 2020. And then 72 and a third innings. Pretty solid for the most part overall in 2021, including an all-star selection. But those two guys need to... there's an argument. I'll say this. There's an argument to say that they need to be healthy for this bullpen to be successful. Healthy and pitch well, yes, but these two guys are electric. They they could really add a lot to this to this bullpen if they're able to to, to be who they're supposed to be. Because then you're not relying on a guy like Ryan Helsley or Cody Whitley, both guys who I'm very high on, but then you're not relying on them to be your your, your top-tier guys. It just lengthens the bullpen, right? And the depth moves that the Cardinals have made, I think, is because of what we saw in 2021. We saw the um, the depth get tested, and we saw the depth fail, uh, the, the failed test of, of the depth that the Cardinals thought they had. But we also have to remember, it's not only the guys that we saw last year, it's the guys that we're, we haven't seen yet at the Major League level. Is Zach Thompson ready? Is Matthew Libertor ready? You have all these guys that that really could be ready that we just don't know yet. And if they're ready to to be, um, to be, whether whether it's uh, the starting position or in the bullpen, that's huge. And I think people are really really excited to see Matthew Libertor, somebody that has just been, um, you know, he, he's kind of been the guy that the that we, we we've said for a couple of years now that oh he needs to perform with that Randy Rosarena trades a loss. You know, I did an episode on this in the offseason saying that. You know, just because it, just because Libertor was the, the guy that got traded doesn't mean the Cardinals have lost that Arizona, that Rosarena trade. I kind of went on at this point that because Rosarena got traded, it allowed Harrison Bader to take the reins in center field. And we saw last year that he was able to perform at a very high level, right? Um, so I understand the, the desire to get Libertor up, but I'm not rushing Libertor at all. I'm, I'm really not. Um, so, so you have a, a, some some options. If the guys that we haven't seen yet are able to develop at the at the the rate that they're supposed to, right? Because pitching depth is something that's going to be tested. That's that's what we talk about often in spring training. That's what we talked about often last year. That hey, the Cardinals aren't really, you know, that that they don't really have a lot of depth. That that's what the moves they've made so far. And I keep making this point. And I'll continue to make this point until they make a big move or until all the big moves have been made. That. They need to make a big splash move now because the depth moves that they have made, I'm happy with. That's great. Make a big move. But going just to finish the point on Reyes and Hicks, you know, I understand the desire to be a starter. I do. Uh, you get in your routine. It's not uh, you know, the less variables in play. You you know you, you can feel a little freedom because you're going to go five, six, seven innings. I think being a starter might honestly help Alex Reyes. But I think this year. Bullpen should be their go-to. If they want to be a long reliever, fine. If they be a spot starter, fine. But their their main role needs to be getting innings out of the bullpen, in my opinion. Uh, let me know what you guys think as well. So we'll finish up once again by talking about the DH position. 
and seeing what the Cardinals could do to spend some money there, as well as see what internal options they have and go a little bit deeper on those. Before we get to the DH, I do want to talk to you guys about Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Every single one of these bars are covered 100% in chocolate, including the Puffs. If you have not tried a Built Bar Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. You heard that right. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered 100% in real chocolate, just like every single Built Bar out there. And you can replace your candy bars with these. That's what makes them so wonderful because most candy bars have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and 100% chocolate coverage. You can choose from a wide variety of flavors, from mint brownie, coconut, double chocolate, and many, many more. Head over to Built.com now to see your choice of flavors. You can also enter the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The DH position is one that, that is interesting for the Cardinals because I, I've said all offseason that the money needs to go to the to, to, to the pitching. Okay. They need to go to the bullpen. You could argue starting rotation, but they I've always said the entire offseason needs to go to the bullpen. And I'm still of that mindset for the most part. The, the, there has been money spent on the bullpen. Yes, minor depth pieces not minor leaguers, but minor depth pieces. So I understand that. You would like to see maybe a little bit more of a high leverage guy. But I, I forget where I saw it on Twitter, but the, the person made a great point, so I forget to, to credit you. So if, it, if it's you, feel free to comment as well, um, saying that sometimes the high leverage guys that the Cardinals have signed haven't turned out great. Greg Holland, Brett Cecil, Andrew Miller, and the guys that the Cardinals have gotten for, for relatively cheap have worked out great. Sangwon Oh, um, Giovanni Gallegos was not was relatively cheap, not necessarily a high money arm. TJ McFarland, Luis Garcia. So there's a point to be had that maybe these depth pieces, you know, that's what to rely on out of the, out of the bullpen. Yes, you have your, your your top tier, top tier, top tier guys, right? That that are not necessarily privy to that rule. Your Kelly Jansons of the world, your uh, Rolos Chapmans of the world, for the most part, have been dominant for a long period of time with few areas of struggle. But it's a good point that maybe the the money that they spent on the bullpen is enough at this point. And if you want to improve the offense, then improve it at the DH position. Because Nolan Gorman, to, to me, should have every crack at the DH spot if they don't make a signing. Uh, and I think an intriguing option for the Cardinals, and I'm not sure they're going to do it because of what they've said about Nolan Gorman and what they want to do with its playing time. But I've said, I, I think an intriguing option for the Cardinals is to platoon Nolan Gorman and Albert Pujols. I think you could do that. I think that what could happen is you could see Albert Pujols be signed with the Cardinals. He'll be your DH against left-handed pitching. Maybe have once in a while against a righty, uh, but but then Nolan Gorman is your starting designated hitter unless you're facing a left-handed pitcher because he struggled against left-handed pitching at the minor league level uh, for a long period of time, and he also struggles adjusting. He has slow starts at most levels and then turns it on. So there's an argument to be had. That there's a thought to be had where you say, okay, let's sign Albert, 
you get the nostalgia, you get him one last chance with Molina, Wainwright, go out for a championship, okay? Um, and and then you say, okay, we're going to bet against lefties because you mashed left-handed pitching last year, but Nolan Gorman's going to be our full-time DH against right-handed pitching unless he struggles. But then that allows Nolan Gorman to adjust to the minor to the major leagues at a little bit of a slower pace and still get reps at the major league level. So he's not just thrown in there and he's not just, he couldn't, there's a less likelihood in my opinion of him just struggling for forever. Right. And, and then getting it later on. And then now he is able to get his feet wet, get major league reps, learn from Albert as well. He'd be a great mentor. Um, you could also look at Juan Yepes as a DH option. Uh, that would be, you know, if he's able to put up the numbers this spring or impress the coaches this spring, he was awfully impressive at the minor league level last year, especially to, to end the year. So, uh, but even the, even though with, with the point I'm making on Albert and Gorman, that still begs the question that I asked yesterday: Does signing Albert Pujols make this team a World Series contender? Does signing Albert Pujols make this team that much better? Right? Uh, there's definitely an argument to that because then also when Albert is your DH, you have left-handed hitting Nolan Gorman off your bench. And what else do the Cardinals need? Need a left-handed power threat off the bench. That would fulfill a need twofold. I think that's a very intriguing thought and argument to have and a good discussion to have, especially if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals and thinking, okay, how do I want to fulfill these different needs that I have? How do I want to spend the rest of the money that I have? And things of that nature. I think it could work. However, I would also be fine with them going after a Kyle Schwarber and saying, Gorman, you know, a, a one-year deal for Schwarber, if he's able to take, if he's willing to accept that, and say, Gorman, spend your time in the minor leagues. We'll call you up if we need you, right? Or have Gorman be the bench pad off the bench. But they, they've said that they, they're going to call Gorman up when they want him to play. And that, that's my understanding of what they've said. So there, there is also that to, to keep in mind that that might not be a, uh, might not be what happened just based on what they've said, but. It'll be fascinating to see what they do at the DH position. Or if if a Trevor Story is signed, if maybe Paul the Young becomes your DH because you still want his bat in the lineup if he's that impressive offensively speaking. Um, but John Moser, like I said multiple times, we like our team. He's going to continue to monitor the situation with free agents, look at the market, but he has said multiple times that he likes his team and that they as a Cardinal organization like their team. And there's no reason not to. There are holes. There's holes in every team. But there are a lot of things to like about this Cardinal team. A lot of things to like. So I'll go over my expectations tomorrow, depending on any big Cardinal news. I want to go over my expectations for Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt because those are two guys that have hit some home runs in uh, live batting practice already this spring and have, have impressed. I know John Denton said something about Nolan Arenado scoring up the baseball more often. So I'm talking about my expectations for those two tomorrow. Um, on, on Wednesday's show of Locked On Cardinals. So be sure to tune back in for that. And as always, if you want any question answered on the show, if I get a lot, I'll turn it into a mailbag. But if you want any question answered on the show, you can DM me at LJ Fastball. You can comment on the YouTube. I'll try and get to those as well. You can email LockedOnCards at gmail.com. You can DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Uh, once again, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. Once again, be sure to tune back in tomorrow when I'm talking about Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. 
Now make your second lesson of the day locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully as he brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this podcast is. And Sully has had a lot of episodes out this week. I think he's already got three or four already, so be sure to tune in to Locked on MLB. Um, and until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.